Welcome to the Barrels and Business Podcast. I am your host, Jay Green, and this is the podcast for beach-loving, barrel-chasing business owners. In the next hour or so, I plan to give you as many tangible tips on how you can grow and build your kick-ass team, scale your business, and live the epic life of your dreams. So stay tuned while myself and my guests bring you all of the best. Happy Friday, everyone. Hello, Jade. It looks like you're having an epic day at the beach. I am the wonderful Kyle, and next to me... If I point the right way, is the wonderful Jade Green. And today we are talking about the art of impossible and achieving the impossible. Over my shoulder just here, I have some notes for everyone that we will refer back to shortly. But first, how's your day going, Jade? I it's been awesome. I've I've been here all day. The tech is working and uh I just got accepted to become a trainer for just the thing that we talked about. So uh, I've had two timing. timing. I've had, I think it was three and a half hours worth of interviews. Uh, yeah. yeah. Originally seeing if I could get into just the program uh, around the art of impossible. And uh, we talked about that yesterday and he said, I think I need to come back to you. And I'm like, he's, I got rejected. He hasn't even tried to sell me the baseline program. I'm like, oh, boo. Uh, Damn it, already. Said, he came back today and said, what about the trainer? And uh, so we just went through that process. So what I'm so excited about is all the stuff we're going to talk about today, I'm going to be going ultra deep on and working with all of the uh, the neurobiologists on actually how to implement and create these biohacking things. So I'm having a good day. <laughs> Now, of course, for everyone that's not 100% sure, while Jade does her boogie dance, we are talking about The Art of Impossible by Stephen Kotler. Now, The Art of Impossible is yet another book in Stephen's series. If you haven't read any of Stephen's stuff, he is into the science of getting into... Oh, you've even got the paper. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah, Everything's I was, coming together. I, I pre-ordered this. I was on a wait list for nine months to get this book. <laughs> nice, nice. So really, this has been really, really interesting. I've started on the book and I'm also working on the Mind Valley quest that sits alongside of it um, that is, let's say, maybe a summary of it. And um, it's really interesting that um, Stephen Cutler actually talks about in the book about the trade-off and what you're actually giving the author or the podcaster or, you know, the presenter, what you're giving them for their time and what you're actually getting in return. And, um, you know, so something like, I think it wasn't The Art of Impossible, but it was one of his previous books that, you know, for 70,000 words of your reading, which is like five or six hours, you've got 13 years of his research. Yes. How amazing. How yeah. amazing. So I'll read that book. Uh, I've only, I've literally um, only been reading my ten pages a day, uh, unfortunately. Um, in in terms of the physical pages, and I'm how many weeks are we in? Two weeks. I'm halfway through. Right. Nice. So I do plan to spend some time. Well, I would have been way further along if I actually sat at the hairdresser and read my book like I was supposed to yesterday. Um, <laughs> but my goal is to smash them over the weekend. Uh, so I reckon I'll have that knocked over in three weeks of only reading a tiny bit a day 
So in three weeks of only a tiny bit of day, we can get 13 years worth of mastery. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing. And now, of course, so I'm, I'm doing the quest, which is like the summary of it. And, um, you know, Stephen talks about as well in the book that, you know, the quest um, or, you know, a presentation or a mini series or something like that, while it gives you good content, it really is only just the skim of it. You know, in, instead of deep absorbing five or six concepts in a page, you're only really getting one of those concepts on an overview in a page. And so you really don't get to the deep dive. So um, I guess what with our six-week challenge, six weeks solid, you know, it's really, really important to do the reading bit because you can you can do the, you can cheat and do the Blinkists or the summaries. You can cheat and do the quest and all of that sort of stuff, but you don't actually get to absorb everything that you really need to know. Yeah, you don't put it into practice. So yeah. we, we those of you that have heard me a lot, uh, hear me say we don't have a knowledge problem, we have an implementation problem. And so that's why the, like, what I love with what we are doing with the um, six weeks solid is not only do you have to read your 10 pages, you need to be able to teach somebody something you learned in those 10 pages. Because if you learn to teach, you integrate on a much deeper level, which is why, you know me, balls to the wall or nothing at all. Kyle's like, let's do the quest together. And I'm like, yeah, let's do the quest. After I sent you it You just had to one up me, didn't you? And I was like... I don't know. I just, I just need to take it to the next level. Now, now, just like said, I can't, I can't not do the work, right? I'm like, here's all my money. Oof. <laughs> oof. And look, it's super exciting. I'm actually quite excited to hear how it all comes out and and all of the stuff that comes out of it because I'm, I'm super enjoying, um, the art of impossible. And for me, um, with Stephen Kotler's work, it really ticks a couple of boxes for me because. You know, I, I do quite like the the intimate detail, the the nerdy stuff around some of it. And, you know, for me, I, you know, like I've got an engineering brain. I want to know what's going on. I want to know how stuff works. And, you know, more than anything, I want to know that it's not woo-woo and arty-farty stuff as much as that works too. I want to actually know the shit behind it that's the science. And um, I really, really enjoy that in his books. Yeah. And that was what uh, some of my clients were saying when I introduced them I had, I had only, when I introduced them to Stephen Kotler, I hadn't started Art of Impossible yet. So I was talking to them about Rise of Superman and Stealing Fire and the concepts that I'd learned um, from Stephen then and when we were in um, Jamaica in a at A-Fest. And I was like, I think you'll really love this, like, because you 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 like to see the detail, uh, whereas I can kind of go concept and roll with it. That's my personality type, they're a detail. And he, the feedback he specifically came back with is, I love it because, I, I vague out at the woo-woo stuff and like this is science fact and like that uh, yeah and yeah, and science can, actual it's science. science yeah real now, stuff he does he does contest a few concepts that um perhaps we preach are, are good um and it's it's going to be interesting to try and break down whether they're you know and make your own decisions and so yeah he talks about this in the same book about you know you know you're starting to master a subject when you've found the edges of knowledge that nobody has the answers to and you're asking questions that nobody has answers to yeah so what was really what what was my biggest challenge in that last interview is part of part of what i have to do i have to do a dissertation now we all know me and writing uh or <laughs> homework uh and all of that i never went to university never did any of that stuff i've got to do a dissertation but i i am apparently i am allowed to verbalize it and have it transcribed 
Um, but it, but the yeah. whole part is 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 the linking between what they teach and and my application, and that those edges. And he said that um, they actually haven't found anyone taking it to the level that I'm taking it in terms of pulling in the Mind Valley woo woo we sort of edge stuff, my culture stuff, the habit stacking stuff, and that stuff, and like that. He said there's going to be some big questions. And some of the questions I asked him, he was like, well, Steve, we know that I've annoyed Stephen in the past asking questions he didn't want to answer because he won't answer until he's got the science. Like, it, So if you keep pushing him, he, he, it doesn't make him happy. Um, but it, it's going to be really fun to see because, like you said, there's probably some of the stuff that we used to believe and maybe we'll still believe. And that's what I love about Stephen. It's like you may still believe this and that's yeah. fine as long as you've kind of, looked at those bumpers and and that and that's why uh i think we decided to do six weeks solid rather than 75 hard like right like 75 hard is hard fast lines for everybody and you and i kind of believe that there's general concepts and principles that are great for everybody but it also needs to be right for you and most yeah. importantly it's got to be your intrinsic motivator because if it's just the extrinsic, some of the A-type personalities, and I think the people that, that kill it at um, 75 hard are the A-type that will push through no matter what, even if they don't necessarily believe it just for the just for the tick. And then it doesn't really feel good, does it? Like, you know, whenever you've, like, you may have achieved a goal that you've busted your ass for, but then you achieve it and it kind of feels empty. Because you were it's doing a, it because of the wrong thing. Yeah, it's just a number. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we probably need to roll back a little bit. We, we need to roll back because you've gotten us all excited and we've started, we've gone fairly deep in and we haven't actually explained maybe the concept and the two little words that I've got written over my shoulder here. So the really key thing and the way the book all starts is about the concept of Little I am possible and big I am possible. Here we go. Here we go. Beautiful. Uh, and I've you know what I out. love? Wait, wait, there's one more thing. One more third one I'm going to put onto that. Okay, so you know our friend Hershey? Uh, from She has here, I am possible. I'm possible. So she's got I apostrophe M possible. So big I impossible. Little I impossible, I'm possible. Most definitely. So I might let you explain that concept. Okay, beautiful. So big I impossible is uh, fly to the moon, <laughs> create SpaceX, uh, do shit that nobody's ever done, break the four-minute mile, uh, like just, just like my brain can't even go there how the fuck that would Think happen. Elon Musk. Musk, Branton, like uh, the, I, you might know, I, I should know this, dude who rode the first 100-foot wave, um, you know, these, <laughs> these, these sorts of things. Um, was, uh, was that Laird Hamilton? I think it was Laird, actually. Um, so, but before that, they said, like, absolutely anything over 25 foot, impossible. Like, impossible. Then it was like, okay, here's someone riding you can tow into a hundred foot wave and you can paddle into an 80 foot wave. Like then 
Now it's like not that was a big impossible when that first happened. Now a little I impossible we observe for saying I can do that. So little I impossible is things that you have never done. So great feats that you've never done or that you think coming from maybe your station in life, like from my from my days in the trailer park. <laughs> so okay, here we go. Perfect example of uh, little I impossible for me. Grew up in a trailer park. Most of my life didn't have a car. We used to hitchhike to hospital. We didn't really go to the dentist because you had hitchhike there. Like, you know, things like that. To owning a Lotus Elise, glitter orange Lotus Elise, and living in a six-star apartment overlooking the Sydney Harbour Bridge while carrying Prada bags and, like... And now, like, more importantly, now you're van. in the van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now, most importantly, I can do this now that I have a mobile camera. Let's look <laughs> And so, the, of course, what we're talking about is, you know, the things that you tell yourself that are impossible, that if you actually want to, you can actually do it. Yes. And that can be like, ooh, wait, you keep talking. I'm here. Um, <laughs> the, and it could be like uh, getting a promotion and like they can stack, stagger as you go through your life, the different levels of impossible so it's it's you know for me one of mine is going to be dropping into a skateboard for the first time like i just I have don't to say like, that is on my list too is it i'm yep. and i'm thinking and by skateboard i mean like oh it's, it's about yeah about this big <laughs> see i'm thinking this big yeah yeah actually. that's big eye impossible <laughs> Well, uh, I'm putting that in the little eye. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Look, you know, so 100%, I would have said that that was impossible. You know, even it freaked the fuck out of me the first time I dropped into Clayton's bowl. Oh. Yeah. It fucking freaked me. It was hard enough with him pushing me around in the bottom, <laughs> let alone go and just, you'll be fine. Just don't put your weight on the back foot. Yeah. If you do, you're going to crack your head open. Yeah, fuck, that's easy. Yeah, great. Now, they were extrinsic motivators. I didn't want to crack my head open, so I most definitely did the grind and kept my weight on the front foot. Yeah. Well, if like four years ago, if you would have told me I'd ride a shortboard, I just didn't think I was ever that person. I rode a longboard yep. as a kid, and I didn't and I didn't surf for seven years. I, I really – I would see people on them and was like, oh, I wish I was that person. God, it'd be so much easier to travel if I had a short board. <laughs> like, oh, I wish I could do that. Like, and yep. the thought of like the board that I just showed in my van that's five foot seven, 27 liters. And when they lent it to me and, and, and surfing Stradbroke Island, like, like, I just, that concept for me, like, that was, that's for people over here, not like, not for me. So yeah. to be able to, to get to that stage is, like huge now it's like the next next thing um but they're like kind of the boundaries that we put upon ourselves right um so and then the next little eye impossibles would even be those high hard goals as stephen calls them or some other people might know those con know the concept of hags, big hairy audacious goals um or moonshots um moonshots or star shots like moonshot may feel like it's like even too far but if we if we look at that it's like okay cool so if you can prove i think if you can prove yourself that 
the I apostrophe M possible. So I'm possible dropping into skateboard, riding a shortboard, like uh, maybe winning a client at a certain amount, like starting to give yourself those self-belief with the, with the little mini I'm possible to give yourself the confidence and the proof that you can move to the small I impossible. You don't ever need to shoot for the big I impossible. Like that's not like not everyone in the world can do that because the world won't spin if that happens. <laughs> we need that's some right. more mortals. And, some of us and, need to be content with being mere mortals. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, so the the key thing is though is that anyone can if they want to. And that's mm. that's something that um you know that's that's not an easy concept to sort of talk about. So for me, I one of the things that frustrates me in the world is that um, everyone is encouraged to go and become an entrepreneur, and yeah. not everyone should be an entrepreneur. And so, no, because then who are we going to have as a team? No, <laughs> well, absolutely, but not everyone should go and be an entrepreneur because they haven't necessarily got the curiosity, the passion, the the motivation to drive you to do it and to get yeah. through the days where it's just grind, grind, grind. But also it's okay like the, if your motivation is in some other area like some people like some parents like their their motivation and their and their purpose in this life is to grow epic humans not to grow epic businesses and there's no that there should not be seen that one one is ne better than the other Definitely not. and and like you said like the that grind piece or the the risk like you gotta you gotta be able to handle the fucking roller coaster. Like there's in America right now, they've got this thing called the math resignation. Every fucker is becoming self-employed. Yep. Most of them yep. are trying to be coaches. Right? I can be a coach, everyone can be a coach, right? Um don't need anything. Start up with nothing. Um start up with nothing or, and you'll be off and earning a fortune be, tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, of course or, you will. Drop ship or MLM or something online um, and they think that, you know, this is, I've been working from home anyway, so, you know, I can do this. Right. And then realising, like, holy crap, there's so much more yep. to doing this. Yep. And it's yep. okay that that's not for you. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, the, there's, there's no... You know, I, I, it really frustrates me because what it does is it sets up people for a failure. You know, it, it oh, you can do it. It's easy. It's not fucking easy. <laughs> and, you know, oh, everyone can do it. Yes, everyone can do it, but not everyone should do it. Should do it. And so yeah. to go back to the capital I, everybody is possible to do it. Everybody can take it and take on those big, big challenges. Um, but... You can't do it without the intrinsic motivation. That's the 100%. key thing. One hundred percent. So let's talk, like, because some people, oh, wow, with like, I've got some of my clients that are, you know, they are really, really, they they have a massive coaching business, but they coach specifically in their lane. And when I came in there and started talking about intrinsic and extrinsic motivators, they asked me, they're like, and I said it a few times in one day, and they're like. Did you read dictionary.com and now you're attached to these weird ass words? Like, what? Uh, I'm like, what do you mean you don't know this? And then because I'm wrapped up in my own little bubble. So let's talk through what is an intrinsic and what is an extrinsic motivator. 
So like I spoke about before, an extrinsic motivator is me falling ass over tit and breaking my head open. Because, you know, I don't want that to happen. Now, that's an extrinsic motivator because that's something that's going to happen to me that is a negative consequence if I get it wrong, so to speak. So <laughs> that's an extrinsic motivator. An intrinsic motivator comes from within us. It, it's the, it's the um, and I, I really actually enjoy how Kotler breaks it into five pieces, I think it is, um, starting with curiosity. So curiosity becomes passion and passion becomes motivation and motivation becomes, damn it, I just failed the interview. Um, oh. So, you know, I was it, reading it comments, starts with, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with curiosity. So the curiosity to go, I wonder how else this could be done. I wonder what else we could do with this. And so um, as I was, as I was um, now I've been listening to the audio book. So as I was listening to it last night and I was walking down the hill um, behind me up here in watching the sunset over the beach and I was really, really enjoying that moment. Um, I was reflecting on, um, you know, the, the stories and listening to to what he was talking about. And so, you know, the, the intrinsic stuff, the curiosity, you know, joining the dots and applying things in different worlds. So learning about a different a different world to apply it in the one that you've already mastered or you're already an expert in. And um, as I was as I was listening to that piece, it was so like I do that all the time, you know, like um, I'm a I'm a tradie that went into teaching tradies. And then in teaching tradies, I went off and I learned all about mindset and motivation and you know um, all of that woo-woo stuff with you know Michelle and you and all of that. And now I'm off becoming an expert in teams because it all comes back to how we can teach those tradies so much more efficiently. Yeah, beautiful. I'm going to just talk, uh, give another example on the in extrinsic intrinsic. So um, extrinsic, like if we look at uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs as well, right? A lot of the extrinsic um, motivators come on the bottom part of the pyramid. So we, we think that money, is a money is a motivator, right? And that can be an ex that's an extrinsic motivator. Um, and they say it's up until a level that you hit your sense of security and an I've got enough level, right? So in America, they say for the family unit, it's like 75,000. So in Australia, it's probably about, that's probably about the same in, a, in our um, respective currencies. So the thing is, once someone gets to 75,000, if they're if they're happy and content at that level, unless they unless they really have money as a driver because it's to the means to an end to get other things, giving someone more money isn't necessarily going to become the motivator. And so there's going to be another podcast. I recorded it this week. So I won't go into too much detail on this um, with uh, Angela Loria. Uh, it'll be on the barrels one, but I'll repurpose it over here. We go into a real detail on that because she built – she wrote the book, uh, Make Them Beg to Work for You, and it's a big extract on that. But just the the principle is, and people have probably found this, like you get paid to do, like you get given a pay rise and you think that's going to make you work harder or make it feel better to do more hours, but you actually just resent it or it doesn't actually make you want to do more. And, so, and so it's really important that that's a really, without going too deep on it, it's, it's really important that, 
you know, the extrinsic pressures on money eventually stop the drive. They're a, they're a negative to the drive. So when when you're overcommitted on financial stuff and you're, you're trying to drive to meet the external pressures, eventually it all falls apart anyway. Oh, there's the exact uh, definition. Extrinsic, external pressure, external motivators, external pressure, external thing. Intrinsic, internal. So it's based on our like our own own personal interests, our own curiosities, our own desire to learn or challenge, or our our self expression when it comes to creativity or autonomy. Uh, yep. as, and that's the top part of the Maslow, right? The the self actualization side of things uh, is where the intrinsic comes in. Oh, you said oh that just God, like I Michelle when you said that. <laughs> I, it's so weird because I've never said that. I've never done that before. I'm like, where'd they come from? That's, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> Michelle Crawford, everyone. Michelle Crawford. Let's make sure that we give Michelle. Being more human. And um, so I, that, that was amazing because you, ca you came out exactly the way Michelle says it. So that was, um, you know, you don't just share the birthday. That, I know. I, I can't <laughs> believe, like, I literally had training with her. I think it was, like, just after our birthdays. And I'd, I'd forgotten it was our birthday. <laughs> it still blows me away that the two of my um, favorite girls in the world are both <laughs> have their birthday on the same day and yeah. both work in the same place. And I would, I would actually say both are probably, um, probably my moral guiding star at times as well. So, um, <laughs> uh, I think I'm a little bit concerned that I'm the moral compass. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got I two for a reason. <laughs> I'm only the so, I'm the catalyst in both in in two runs. So the impossible is all to to achieve it is all about um, having the right motivation to achieve it, and whatever that happens to be, whether that's a big I impossible, whether that's a little I impossible, it's all about having the motivation to get you through the days that you just need the grit. So um, that's that's a really interesting thing to sort of explore. I'm I feel like I need to take a breath for a sec. Take the breath. Take the breath. Um, let it wash over me. <laughs> ah, now, the steps to achieving it are actually really, really simple. And I, I really like the example of writing a book because everyone would say, oh, I couldn't possibly write a book. Yeah. And um, I, I was saying, I was, <laughs> well, I, I was talking about um, the 70,000 words in a book and that's 13 years worth of experience and, and all of that sort of stuff for Stephen Kotler. And um, it actually made me sort of reflect on some of the technical work that we do. Now, it's not uncommon for us to write a 70,000 word document for a report for a customer. And some of them actually extend out to 140, 150,000 words. So, like, in, in, the, in the course of, like, a two-week project, I can actually write a book. Like this I have isn't... to write a dissertation for this certification. I just, I'm freaking the fuck out. <laughs> and so it, it's about breaking it back down, isn't it? So, you know, everyone goes, oh, fuck, I couldn't possibly write a book. And, and for me, I reflected and went, well, actually, I'll probably do that on a fairly regular basis. So 
then you know the next chunk down is well you've only got to write 30 chapters and you know again you might go oh god 30 30 chapters so break it down again write 250 words every single morning yeah. Now, I've already spoken my 250 words in the last, I don't know, five minutes. So it's not hard to sit there and write 250 words and break it into very, very small chunks. And that's the key thing is that the small chunks are the habit that stack together to get you to that impossible. And the, the thing about the small chunks is about being able to see the momentum. So that was that's one of the key things in being able to create flow and, and achieve the impossible is you need motivation, which is one thing, picking, like figuring out the intrinsic, extrinsic, core motivator, the why, the why this is, you're gonna do this thing. Then if you don't have the momentum, if you can't see the momentum, then you get bored and you can procrastinate. You can, you can like kid yourself that you've made progress right? You need to be able to measure it, but also like the, that dopamine rush that we've talked about as well in terms of when you tick that thing off, like the, yep, I did that thing, I did the thing, um, is, is what keeps you building that momentum. So being able to Once chunk it down. Going, yeah. That's the stuff that m motivates you. Once yeah. you've, once you've done that little bit of grind and gotten the main momentum going, it's the, Correct. it's the, Creative dopamine hit that keeps you motivated to keep doing it. So it's, and then that's all comes back to habits. And, you know, if I, if I refer back to our six week solid, that's, that's what we're focusing on is developing good habits that support achieving the impossible stuff. Yeah. So let's talk through, let's talk through some of those uh, habits. Like if we think about what's the, What's the daily little things? That, and we've done a few podcasts around like habits, but if you think about specifically to do with impossible, like we've talked about habits and behaviors and routines for like morning, like getting ready for the morning and getting stuff going and things like that. But maybe it's it's habits and behaviors, but in terms of the stack that we need to be able to achieve the impossible. Mm, definitely. So it's it's firstly about breaking it into what are those chunks to create that as a habit. But we've got to support the habit with rest as much as anything. And um, you and I have done a podcast on <laughs> take some time out and just go bloody surfing and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it, it's it's a true thing. It's um, if we don't refill, then it doesn't matter how solid your habit stack is. <laughs> if you've got nothing to pour in there, you're not pouring anything in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so one of the key things around the impossible so the, the, really the key, the key to impossible is flow, right? And you've heard us talk about flow. So actually we probably haven't really described flow to the people before we go into Ooh. how to do it. So how would you describe flow? So it, it's important to note that this isn't the topic of art, in, art of impossible. It's deliberately avoided in the art of impossible, <laughs> but so Flow is that state where everything else disappears, time stops, people disappear, and you you basically lose touch with your physical self and are corely focused on the tasks that you're working on. And we've all had those moments. Like every one of us has been in the flow state where 
yeah, we've been um, working away at something, we've got engrossed in it, but all of a sudden we look up and it's totally dark around us, all we can see is the lights that are in front of us, um, everyone's gone to bed, the world's silent, and you're going, it's midnight on my, New Year's my, Remember my house, my house, uh, when I live by myself, my house every other night, oh, fuck, it's really dark around here. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so so that that happens often. Yeah, we, everyone gets into that state. Being able to tap into it deliberately is is exceptionally hard, or that's is a little eye impossible. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. So flow is really about the the skills challenge balance. So, uh, and I only learnt last night because I haven't read the whole book yet. But I was watching um, the Mind Valley uh, A Fest Taolin talk. Um, and it, it 4%, the, the, the skills, cause I wasn't sure what the, the balance was and it's 4% 4, 4 more challenge than your skill. But the problem is even with a lot of people that are peak performance programmed, they try to jump and this is what stops them from achieving the impossible. They might get some good performance results is they go for 20%, 40%, like way too far past their actual skill set. Then you uh me balls to the wall or nothing at all hence all the broken things always right um and this is the number one thing that i want to learn i said to them in my interview is i need to understand how you figure out what four percent is and he goes don't worry we've got a neurobiologist who's going to teach you that and i was like fabulous and i'm like because how the fuck do you figure out what four percent is but the flow I'm is like geeking out as you say all of that stuff i hey? know and i'm like uh i'm pretty <laughs> excited you can tell um but finding that balance but if you just look at the basics of it i say the flow thing is about where you are completely focused where time either speeds up or slows down to suit what you're what you're doing it feels flowy it feels easy like you get like answers and and things come to you that you wouldn't normally get and it feels great like you're getting and that is because um at least five or six of the awesome chemicals like the things that are most awesome, like all the all the all the naughty drugs give you stuff. Like flow is the best drug ever, right? It's got you. You know, you got serotonin going, you got dopamine going, you've got neuroepinephrine, you've got like you got everything going on in there. It's like fucking awesome, right? So that is what flow is. Um, so that is that is a key component, and the reason why. Just I don't pause even know, there for a get, sec. The, the really geeky bit about this, and I, I absolutely loved when I found this out. It, like, So it's not actually more of the brain operating, it's less. Mm, mm. This, That's why time slows this, down. This is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah, the, prefrontal cortex. Parts, yeah, the prefrontal cortex that's worrying about time turns off. It actually literally turns off, um, which is also the reason why teenagers have no friggin' concept of time because their prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. <laughs> that happened to most men too, no? <laughs> no, no, it's just that you girls don't understand what one beer really means. <laughs> I, I know. I definitely understand what one beer really means. It's somewhere <laughs> in the vicinity of a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> One beer yeah. is at least two. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I'm buying a beer for a friend, you know, that's we've got to we've got to reciprocate. You gotta go around. Yeah. 
yeah. And so, yeah. you know, like if I'm having a couple of beers, that means that, you know, we might be in a shout of four. So, like, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's going to go round and round. <laughs> I, look, I've played this game. <laughs> uh, and we're talking about beers. We're usually all, all about beers on these these sessions. And we're, we're, cheers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Why did I go to flow then? Uh, out of Because it's a key part of achieving the impossible. Mm. Now, mm -hmm. so we talked about the skills challenge and the balance between that. Um, now, is it skills balance or is it mastery challenge? It's skills challenge. Okay. So well, the challenge, challenge skills balance. So it's, it is where it's, it's the 4%, the challenge comes at the 4% more than what your skill set is. And that's, yeah. that's the perfect mix for the, for the flow state. Yeah. Now, of course, to achieve the impossible, you do need skills and knowledge. <laughs> and I, I quite enjoyed listening to the concept that Stephen Kotler talks about in, um, you know, the, the five books of stupidity, I think it was. Yes. Did I get the right terminology there? The five books of stupidity. So uh, I think so. Um, <laughs> now, I literally so that. essentially what, what he's talking about is that if you want to be start to become knowledgeable, what you can do is read five books. And the first book should be the most popular one on the topic. And the five essentially books are stupid. what you stupid, that's it. <laughs> five books of stupid. <laughs> yeah. And so that first book, and even into the second one, is only about learning terminology concepts. Um, and really, after reading the first one and, my, and the second one, you probably don't know anything. <laughs> you might be able to have a conversation. And so then the following books are all about building on the, the terminology and laying the foundation so that you can go and ask, ask smart questions. Mm. And, you know, you always talk about, can we ask a better question? <laughs> yes there is, and there's no there's no uh there's no stupid question except for the ones not asked and can we ask a better question and the quality of your life is a direct correlation to the quality of questions you ask yep and so really those first five books are only about being able to ask questions and have intelligent conversations with people that understand this stuff but that's that's really the first step, and and it sounds like such a cliche, you know. I want to do something, so go and read a book. Well, yeah, it's it's actually one hundred percent the first step. Go and read about it. Go go and learn about it. And a lot of people might go, well, five books are impossible to me. Um, yeah, and that's again back to our six week challenge: ten pages a day, just yeah. ten pages a day. It doesn't matter how quickly you achieve this. You know, you don't have to do this in a week. Yeah. And it really depends on how important this thing is to you, right? So other people go to university for years and could get the same knowledge from five books and a bunch of questions or more, more importantly, realise, I don't really like this topic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Imagine you read absolutely. five books, like, imagine you read five books on every subject or everything you were going to have a crack at. 
like half the things you wouldn't have a crack at it because you're like, oh, that just would have been a waste for me. Um, yep. And like the books don't have to be super long. I think one of you talked about is it could just be a white paper. Like it may not be a full book. Like it could be uh, a white paper or somebody's dissertation on the on the subject. Um, to <laughs> I, I joked because I was gonna last time I was at Mind Valley, I thought I was gonna write a dissertation on overcoming my soul sucking search for significance. And now my first dissertation is going to be on flow state <laughs> um, and achieving the impossible. Oh, maybe that's the thing. Maybe overcoming soul searching search for significant is my small eye impossible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God, what am I digging myself into here? Um, <laughs> and you thought um, getting up for a six o'clock live every day was a big know. hole. I well look. Like how long did we talk about doing a live every day? And I'm like, for me, I was just like, I, I can't talk. <laughs> me, I can't talk shit that long all that time. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, but once you get it going, uh, it's, a, it's quite amazing. Um, but I think like, I know he's, he, Stephen does talk about the ROI on, on reading, like in terms of the, there's the whole thing about the science of the physical reading, but, my little spin on this for small eye impossible for people wanting to get started listen to some of the books so i can knock over a book every week so where it's going to take me three weeks to read the physical book i can knock over a a book by listening a week um by just having a shower doing the laundry folding the clothes like braiding my hair um, that's a big <laughs> hack isn't it like I know Stephen Kotler is, is is fairly opposed to it, but really, you know, yeah. in, in our really busy worlds, and if we're trying to get ahead of things, you know, the the easiest thing you can do is do something. <laughs> yeah, something is yeah. better than nothing. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. for I think for me, like some of the, like a lot of the people that are taking on Stephen's stuff is like they've mastered a lot of the 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 early stage things, and they're ready. Their appetite is ready to take that next step. So what I'm, what we're saying here is like, meet you where you're at, like give yourself permission to be wherever you're at and rather than go that too far for me, start with that, start with that stack, like start doing the audio books and try, try to smash a book a week because some books are only like four hours. Like I think the average book's five hours and you'd be surprised where you can find five hours of listening. If you commute, if, if you're in one of those places in the world where you're still allowed to drive a car more than 10 kilometres, um, oh, well, actually, if you live in Sydney and you're going 10 kilometres, it's going to take you an hour and a half anyway. What are you talking day. about? You're allowed to go more than 10 k's. Yes, but our LGA right next to us just got locked down last night. So I, and my dad, and the lovely, and the lovely person who left Sydney and caused that lockdown decided to go and have lunch in my dad's town. So. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Yep. Um, so that's not awesome. So that's I can not still awesome. drive but at yeah. the moment. Uh, but the, I actually the, don't, yeah, the commute very fast. Driving thing, the walking thing, um, you know, like so last night I was out on my own, so I, I just had the book on last night while I was walking and I think I think I probably chewed up nearly an hour of the book by the time yeah. I sort of got out and, and done all of that. So yeah, very quickly you can chew up a, a full book and there's a there's a lot of um, while there's while there's science around the the tangible reading thing 
and I know that I learn a lot better by actual reading. There's also a lot of science around the subconscious absorbing information without you focusing on it. So, um, you know, I, I know, and, you know, you did it yourself earlier, there's times where you start talking about stuff and you go, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. Who just said that? Who, who said that to me? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And and it's it's those moments. And um, I was doing it last week where I was listening to um, Art of the Impossible as I was going to sleep. So there's you know there's like half an hour of um, dream state kind of stuff where I'm I'm not focused on it and 100% not focused on it. But geez, I'm absorbing. Yeah. Well, for me, I just get my I don't know. It's like my soul comes through the head of the shower. So I just get in the shower. And if I'm like actually relaxed and I'm listening to things, I my ideas come. And I I don't have a shower screen anymore, like because I've got a spa bath shower. Whereas before I used to have a shower screen and I used to keep a whiteboard marker in the shower <laughs> so I could write on my shower so I didn't forget the ideas. Um, so I suppose I can write on the tile. I don't know about that. I reckon I'd get it in the grout. That'd be all sorts of. Ah, oh, I've got a spare whiteboard. I might stick that on the tiles because there's a spot that doesn't get wet. Uh, yes. So because I literally had ideas in the shower, I was listening to the book the other day. And I'm like, fuck yes, that's going to go in my program. And I got out of the shower, my phone rang and something else. And I went in the shower. I'm like, I had this really, really, re like I was like, oh, my God, how have I never thought of this before? This <laughs> has to be in the program. This is amazing. And I can't for the life of me remember what it was. No. Um, gone. Damn it. <laughs> I was like, it was and so frustrating. It, it happens to us all the time. And, you know, I, I I think sometimes you've got to let those ideas go and come back to you. And mm. when they come back to you, they'll be a lot more solid. And, um, you know, I, we, we've talked a lot about um, the visionaries of, of a business and, and the creatives of the world um, where, you know, you walk into a room and you've got an idea and you use 10 words and you think everyone should totally understand that concept when what's really happened is exactly what you said is that you've, you've had a light bulb moment. It's disappeared. It's finally come back to you. It's been chewing away in the back of your mind. It's been chewing away for three months. It's fully developed and you've used 10 words to do, to talk about three months worth of work. Yeah. You know, all the context. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else has any idea of the context or what the hell you're talking about. It's crazy person. <laughs> yeah, crazy person. What is the relevancy of this? Yeah. <laughs> and why is he talking so fast and excited about yeah. it? What the hell? How many copies has Kyle had today? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, for, for me, I, I'm, I, I really try not to get too attached and, and too frustrated by those sorts of things because I know, you know, once you've let it go, it's coming back. If, if it's a concept that should work, you know, your brain needs the space to join the dots and join the dots like no one else can do so that you can bring it back as a fully developed concept. Oh, my God. Your brain... <laughs> no, I was going to say brain on cocaine. It's not brain on cocaine. Uh, brain on psilocybin. Um, so, they... Stephen, in the... Um, in the Mind Valley talk in Tallinn, he has a picture of your brain, your normal brain, and like the dots that it's connecting, and then your brain on psilocybin, which is the magic in magic mushrooms, people, and all the connectivity, right? And it's like, holy crap, that's why people feel like they're getting to this other level of consciousness and 
connected two things, but it's the same thing you can do with certain types of meditation um, and it creates the same brain patterns, but it's also what happens when you're in flow state. So you don't need the drug. You don't no, need the you drug. Don't. You don't. You don't need the drug. It's just, just about getting to, to that flow that. state. And, but and that's, that's, that's the interesting thing about flow is that that's where you're joining all the dots that you've been putting, you know, like you, you've created, you've collated some random information here, there and everywhere. And now what you've got to do is you've got to join all the dots to make it all come together. And, um, you know, a part of having the downtime is giving your brain the space to be able to make those. It won't necessarily be conscious for you, but it's giving the space and the, the recharge so that those things can actually happen. Yeah. So I am dangerous when I have space. But it's it's the thing that I'm I don't know why I'm so scared of it. So I'm like, ooh, where'd that come from? <laughs> okay, just admit it. I'm scared. We of all space. are, Wonderful. aren't we? Wonderful. Uh, yeah, scared. I'm scared of the voices in my head. Um, but yeah, like I feel the space, and uh, I'm able. There's stuff that I can do in terms of connecting dots. Like if I'm doing things for you, you know, I can channel. I can pull it all together. Bang. If I need to sit down and problem solve for you or another client or Charlotte or someone else, I can do that. But when it's on me, I, as I've always said, I need someone to me me. Um, <laughs> but shower, driving, like, okay, when I drive, she knows. And uh, Andrew's like, if I, Andrew answers the phone, it's like, let me guess, you're driving. He goes, you only call <laughs> me when you're driving. I'm like, well, I need to bounce this idea off somebody. <laughs> <laughs> the other night yep. he's like, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? He goes, what's that noise? I'm like, I'm running a bar. I'm, I'm in the bar. And he's like, seriously. I'm like, well, you're my person. You're my, you're my, you're my person to brain dump on. I've got to ping this off you. <laughs> yeah, I need a sounding board right now. Um, but the ideas that do come, like if you can figure out, like, if I get stuck, if I do get stuck, I do know that if I go and sit on the floor of the shower and because I've, I, because I've given myself that space and like there is, oh, no distractions. What we were talking about this morning, there's no binging. There's no dinging. There's no, binging. There's no vibrating. Like the phone is not bright. Like my phone doesn't have sound. It doesn't vibrate. And like, it's totally acceptable for me not to have to answer something. And that is that. And I think because I am a water person, like that water component taps into my soul. There's a whole, I think the sensory yeah. side of things, there's a whole, wow, there's a whole lot going on there. Um, but I, <laughs> but, but I, that's where I can go solve the problem or come yeah. up with a creative idea. And that's the other part of um, impossible. You can't have the achievement of impossible without creativity because you need the, whether, and creativity is relevant to you as a person, whether you're a creative artist, creative writer, creative whatever, or just creative problem solving. Yep. Those yes. dot connections and being yep. able to figure out how to cultivate your state and figure out how do you get yourself. So I think you've known like for months and months and months, I've been trying to build this back end program of mine, my monthly reoccurring back end for my clients. That Since I visited you, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, yes, right? And, like, how can I serve without, like, giving absolutely everything of me and having nothing left in the tank? And I've been sitting on it, sitting on it, sitting on it, 
and I'm going to lead to the next thing. I, I need pressure, which is another part of the flow and impossible to be able to perform, to do that. But I was like, I kind of left it to the last minute. I specifically booked a meeting that I was going to have to talk about it to put myself under the pressure to go, right, this is the deadline. And I was, I mean, 18 hours before, I still didn't have this thing mapped out. And I was just like, it'll come. And I went and did yin yoga. And while I was sitting there in pigeon pose, I was like, fuck, notepad, ow, ow, pigeon pose. And I'm like, boom. Yep. And I'm like, Fun. oh, my God, I'm stoked with that. <laughs> uh, and, and just so you know, the shower thought did come back. <laughs> okay, it did come back. I was like, oh, yes, that's what it was. Um, but the other thing, the fear, we didn't talk about the fear. Like, I think for me, I don't know, I just, I need things to be last minute, like, on the button. And that's kind of when I kick into gear. And the training I'm going to do in Zero to Dangerous is going to help me maybe not do that. Sometimes it's good, like, I, I need that element. But can you, do you want to talk to, because we, I know we did it in the six week solid group. We had a bit of a talk about the fear and, um, but that, why is that important? So you've got to lean in. The The people that are um, constantly achieving the impossibles are pushing the fear and leaning into the fear. And um, it, it just was. Just say yes. Just say yes. And, you know, like it's, um, it, it, I guess for some of us, it's probably the difference between the little eye and the big eye. You know, I, I go, um, you know, th throw so, like some of the challenges that I go through on a daily basis, most people wouldn't even fathom trying to trying to ch tackle them. And, you know, it, sometimes I look back on what I've done and, and conversations that I've had with people and they're going, how the hell did you just like, you've just walked through that like you were just walking down the street. And um, I, I guess it's the magnitude of what you're going through as much as anything. And the the desire to lean in um you know a lot of things don't challenge me but the big eyes are things like jumping out of a perfectly good airplane so you keep saying you're too pussy to do yes come on i'm gonna make you do it with me it's We're a gonna do big it. eye okay. it's a big okay. eye what, impossible. what can i what can i trade you what can i trade you Ooh. for jumping out of a plane oh geez see i can't actually nothing actually comes to mind that i would trade for it I will do something. I will do something if you jump out of the plane. <laughs> I don't know what it is See, you can I, make me I, do, though. I feel like I'm playing a game I can't win. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, this is probably, this is this is one of my things, I think, that um, has made me be able to achieve a lot of things that people think are impossible. Um, like They're like, how? And I think it's just, I think a lot of it, I'm not saying I'm not scared, but I do. When push comes to shove, I like I jump. I I jump. <laughs> like Jumping you're gonna jump jump me? Out. <laughs> yep. I'm out. Um, yeah, there there's certain things that I have irrational fear of. I suppose or not irrational. Shark for real. Um, but <laughs> oh, maybe <laughs> and, that's it. Uh, I've already done shark dives though. I just wasn't. Mm. I wasn't. I wasn't a surf. I wasn't surfing then, so it wasn't. Ah. Yeah. I'll, so I'll take you paddling in Newcastle Harbour around the sharks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Even that doesn't it. actually inspire me to jump out of a fucking aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. Um, but 
I I do have this like someone's jumping off a cliff. Like when I was in Hawaii, there was this giant cliff, and someone told me it was the best cliff to jump off of. And I got there, and there was nobody jumping off of it. And I'm like, well, I don't know where to jump. Like, and I I've come all this way now. Like, I think I was on Kauai, and I'm like, and then these young kids come past. I'm like, you know where to jump? And they're like, yeah, we've jumped here before. And I'm like, they're like, we we're, we're gonna jump. They've got flippers and that. And I went, all right, I'll jump with you. <laughs> my sister-in-law's going, you're gonna like, I mean, this thing's fucking massive. Not only that, though, it's a <laughs> ten-minute swim back to shore. So that's why the kids had flippers. Um, and they're like, "We'll give you, we'll give you a flipper." It didn't fit. It was fucked. Um, but it was. I was just like, and she's got a video of it, and I'm like, like bombed on, like, she's like, I'm fucking jump off this cliff. I'm like, ah, jump off the cliff. Uh, note to self: don't get over. I did. I did a backflip off of the rock at Waimea, and I over rotated and not. I was all by myself and like full back slam, not the fucking oh. wind out of me. And I'm like, oh. and the guys like, like, do you know how close your head came to hitting that rock? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only thinking no pain on all of that. So, yeah, I, I reckon fear is probably one that we need to break apart in its own little story another time. But okay, you know, I reckon. Stay tuned for that one. So today we were talking about impossible being big I impossible or little I impossible. And you are capable of both. No matter who you are or what you are, you are capable of both. Um, to achieve that, there's a whole heap of things that you need around knowledge and skills and all of that sort of stuff, which, again, anyone can acquire for whatever you want to acquire them for. So that's a really key part as well. Really cool to think of it in those sorts of terms. All of the stuff around fear and intrinsic, extrinsic motivators and um, you know, curiosity, passion, purpose, all of those sorts of things are not just woo-woo concepts, but science. science. I know science, because the, me. It's because of the chemicals. There's different chemicals get re released in your brain based on each of those levers. That's what yep. the, it's the biochemical, that's why the neurobiology uh, with the brain comes in. So it's, it's, there is actual science behind doing those things and creativity. And like when you, when you actually get autonomy and when you are looking at the motivators, when you look at the fear that what happens on the back of that. It's, um, so it, it's all super amazing stuff. And, um, as you can hear, Jade and I are very, very passionate about it. And, um, you know, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed immersing myself in the whole whole idea. And um, I'm sure we will come back with some more stuff on this, particularly around the fear thing. The fear thing is so big to it talk is. about and why what's it's so really, important. What's really interesting <laughs> is remember the first couple of days I was like, oh, my God, like I love Stephen Cutler's work, but fuck, this book's hard to read. I was like, <laughs> I really, I was like finding it. I was like, oh. And now you're going like, to write a dissertation. And now I'm going to write a dissertation about it because next week <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in. Uh, yeah, so, like, moral of the story, don't give up on the first few pages of the book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on any book in general, like, give it a, give it a crack. Um, yep. But, yeah, that, that's a, that was an interesting thing for me. And the final piece is, is that habits are super important to achieving those sorts of things. Oh. So 
whatever your beliefs are around the habits and the habit stacking and whatever methods you're using, um, you can achieve the impossible. Um, I'm possible, but you do need the habits that support you to do it. And the mic drop moment that I'm going to offer that both Jade and I are particularly terrible on, you have to rest as well. Uh, Does going yeah. surfing for four hours count as rest, resting? Is that what you did today <laughs> instead of turning up to your call? Um, <laughs> Yes. Yes. Excellent. Yes, it does. Uh, it certainly does. Uh, there was a few waves this morning. I didn't get them. Um, but 100% that you cannot pour from an empty cup. And if you don't create the space, you cannot. Uh, you. I lost us. Where'd you go? There you uh, are. Sorry. We're still I here. The button. Um, you, yeah, you, you just can't create the brain space that you need to be able to connect the dots. Yep. Yep. So as we end on a Friday, where hopefully most of us have some space to go and refill our cups, have some rest time, some downtime, switch off from our technology and all of those sorts of things. Um, this is the Team Engineered Podcast. Hopefully, wherever you're finding us, you can subscribe. So there should be buttons down the bottom. There should be buttons up the top. And you can catch us on our website. Um, we talk all, all things teams, leading yourself, leading your teams, leading your business, wherever that happens to be. Um, and if you get anything that you think is super cool out of what we've just said, hopefully it wasn't just all noise and you'd love to share it with anyone around you, please share it as much as you possibly can. Um, we're both, Jade and I, are both on a mission to impact as many people as we possibly can. And um, that's a story for a whole other time, but we'd love for you to share our, our noise um, with, with whoever you think it is, whoever you think can love it, I should say. Huh. I think I finally run out of words, Jade. So um, I'm going to sign off there. Thank you so much for a wonderful talk. I can't wait to talk more about it as you get into the course. Me either. It's going to be so good. Thanks, guys. Enjoy Bye, the everyone. rest of your day. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Barrels and Business podcast. If you are ready to build your kick-ass team, you're looking to scale your business, or you just want ways that you can get wet more often, Make sure you head on over and connect with us at barrelsandbusiness.com. Actually, while you're at it, why don't you just hit subscribe wherever you are watching and listening to the podcast right now. I'll see you guys on the next episode.